Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. This is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith. Brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority, Macy's, Happy Shopping, Guild Mortgage, Own What Matters, and by Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Craig Smith Coaches Show coming into the program tonight as we call a bit of an audible. Eric Peterson, assistant coach for Utah State, kind enough to join us. Brock Miller's with us. Uh, and everybody here as well, give yourself a round of applause because we got ourselves a great show tonight. Uh, excited to recap because, uh, geez, what about uh, 16, 17 hours ago, you wrapped up a game against <laughs> Wyoming and uh, got a big W. And, and uh, I, I wanted to talk about defensively just how great your team has been over the last stretch i mean you look you hold air force i think 30 points under their their season average you get the big win against colorado state defensively great in that game and then last night really put the clamps on uh, a wyoming team that has had their struggles but boy th- there was never any chance that they were going to try to make a run in that game just how based on how well you were playing defensively yeah and i, I would say we don't talk a lot about last year but that's what really got us going last year yeah. is our defense and uh once we got through that little stretch where we got healthy and our guys are moving a lot better. Um, I think we just really put the clamps on people. And, um, you know, our guys are really good. We asked them to do a lot of different things game planning wise, where we're defending teams differently every time we play them. And we have really smart, really high IQ guys, and they've really done a good job executing game plans um, over the last five games. Because you probably can't get away with that with a lot of with, with some other teams that you that, that you coach. It's got to be a special group that can take that those kind of assignments on. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of teams that we scout basically defend the same way every single time yeah. they play. Yeah, and we feel like we have smart enough guys where we can throw different things. Where maybe one guy we defend differently in screen and roll than the rest of their team. And like last night, um, we were basically going under ball screens on everybody but one person, number zero, Hendricks, and um, we did a really good job on him. I think he was over seven for the game. Over seven on the night, did not score. A guy that had been averaging about 11 points a game and a 36, 37 percent three-point shooter, and I think only 11 of his made field goals all year had been inside the three-point line. I mean, he is a three-point specialist, and you guys took him completely out of the game. Yeah, and, and part of it was our game plan. Um, you know. Two guys we thought shot it really well, number zero, Hendricks, and then number 10, Hunter Thompson. Yeah. And we did some funky stuff. We put Namiish, our center, on a guard last night, and we put a guard on a 6'10 kid. And I think those guys handled it really well. Um, Sam did a great job on Hendricks, and we were switching ball screens, and you know everybody was pretty locked into the game plan. And um, as you know, we're one of the tallest teams and longest teams in the country, and we always just emphasize using our length and just being solid, and we were last night. I was listening to uh, uh, their their coach's show from uh, Wyoming. Uh, their broadcast spot was right next to ours, and and he said, you know, when you're up against a team that can, frankly, uh, outside of maybe Namiish, switch pretty much any position, one through four, and sometimes when you bring Alfonso in, one through five, uh, it just creates a lot of problems for you offensively, and that's kind of the luxury you have with this team. Yeah, and just not a lot of teams do that. So yeah. when you do that, it's it's different, and it just kind of disrupts your flow offensively and that was one of the biggest things one of our keys was to take Hendricks out of the game because we thought when they played well and they have been playing better yeah when when they played well he's been kind of the key and taking him out of the game last night was a huge key for us and I know Wyoming 
win-loss record hasn't had the season they would have wanted. But, I mean, look, they had UNLV on the ropes, and they let them come back, and uh, they lost that game in overtime. Nevada's a game that they definitely should have won. I mean, they played teams really hard. Yeah, and that's one thing I told our guys the first day of film. I just said, guys, they are close. Um, I think they were up eight under a minute left yeah. in regulation against UNLV, and they missed two double, uh, two, um, double bonuses. Hendricks missed two free throws in number 10, like two of their best free throw shooters yeah. missed two free throws and they ended up losing in overtime. And then um, at Nevada, just some careless turnovers kind of hurt them on the road, but um, they're much improved. They're very young. Six of their top eight players are freshmen and sophomores. So, um, you know, that's, that's one thing with it too, having young guys on the road. I want to back up a little bit too, as we get a chance to recap a couple games, uh, that Colorado State game, there was a lot on the line in that game, and there will be a lot on the line when you play Colorado State again, but that's a team that was coming in with a ton of confidence, winners of five in a row. What really worked for you in that game? Yeah, that, that was one thing we talked about before the game is just they're the second hottest team in the league, and it, it was a huge challenge for our guys. And um, They're different than last year. You know, Carvacho was kind of the center of their offense last year, and this year they have two really good freshmen, number four, Stevens, uh, which Sam did a phenomenal job on him. And then Roddy as well. He looks like a Division One football oh, yeah. player is what he looks like. I mean, they, they, he had a bunch of offers to play D-end and tight end, right? Yeah, that and basketball-wise, the Gophers had offered him um, and also Northwestern had offered him for wow. basketball. So yeah. he turned down some Big Ten offers to go to Colorado State um, to play as a freshman, which he is. And those two guys were two of their best players going into that game. And um, we knew Carvacho's still a good player, so you got to respect him. Um, but we really wanted to take their post presence away and just contest shots from the perimeter. Um, and, you know, 31 got going a little bit, and um, we put Diogo on him, and Diogo did a phenomenal job in the second half shutting him down. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Diogo was great uh, coming in and, and doing a tremendous job. But, you know, one thing, you, you bring up Sam, and we talk about Sam against Hendricks, who's a much, you know, is a bigger player. And then he also gets the, the kid against Colorado State, who's not big at all. Uh, the versatility of what he brings, obviously Sam – Deserves all the accolades he gets, but but he draws some pretty various roles defensively, and he more often than not, he's going to come away with the victor. Yeah, I don't think people appreciate him enough defensively. Everybody talks about his offense, but um, typically, other than a five, every night Sam is guarding their best player or the key that we think you know is going to help that team win if one of those guys gets going. So um, you look at Sam, and people are kind of like, how is he such a good defender? He's smart. Like yeah. he, he knows all their tendencies. He knows exactly what they're going to do before they do it. And that's what really helps him be an elite defender. Uh, does that come with a lot of film work? A lot of film work and just having an IQ, just a natural IQ of basketball. Um, I think Sam watches probably more film outside of our film yeah. as well. He loves to watch games on YouTube or wherever he can get those games. But um, Sam asks a lot of questions. He's, he's certainly uh, a student of the game no matter what. Like he, he's not a guy that just thinks he knows everything. Um, but studying film really, really helps him and, and kind of gets him locked in before the game. We're going to talk a lot about the San Diego State game coming up here in a bit, but how beneficial is it that Nimi only has to play 21 minutes last night? Yeah, that's huge, especially at a place like Wyoming. Has yeah. anybody ever been to Laramie before? Man, I didn't even play, and I'm in the hotel. I'm like, I got a headache. I got to drink some water. You just don't feel right. Yeah. It's seven, what is it, 7,700 feet? Yeah, is that the claim? Yeah, the, the mile high, yeah, 7,200-something. Yeah, yeah 7,200. So, and Brock can tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, our guys are drinking Pedialyte or, you know, before the game, trying to get hydrated. But, no, really good for Nimi. He's starting to get more healthy. Um, he's obviously getting better every time he plays. And the less minutes we can play those guys leading into Saturday, the better for us. 
Uh, a lot to get to on the program. Uh, Brock Miller is here. We will chat with him. And uh, also you can ask questions as well. If you got a question for Coach, we'd love to hear from you as well. We're live here at Old Chicago getting you ready for another showdown for Utah State basketball as the Aggies take on San Diego State coming up on Saturday. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show with Eric Peterson and Brock Miller right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show. Eric Peterson from the coaching staff joining us tonight alongside Brock Miller. Uh, next up for Utah State, a trip to San Diego to take on the Aztecs. Aztecs in about 45 minutes will tip off against New Mexico. Uh, as uh, If San Diego State wins that game, they'll be 22-0 going into that game against Utah State. We'll talk more about that game. Do you, do you, do you pay attention to a lot of the scores going on around, or do you just try to keep it focused on what you guys are doing? No, it's hard not to yeah. not pay attention to the scores. Um, I have alerts on my phone, and it pops up all the time. <laughs> but um, it's not like I watch a lot of games live. Yeah. Usually wait for it to get done so we can get the film and cut it up. But we definitely pay attention to it. And obviously it's a big game for San Diego State um, playing at New Mexico, which they're undefeated at home this year. I love, I love watch, uh, asking coaches this. Do you Can you watch a game just as a fan, just as a <laughs> en- enjoyer of basketball, or are you always just kind of in your mind breaking it down? No, that's, hard. that's a tough question. Um, if it's somebody that I know we're going to play, it's hard it's hard not to break it down. If it's, you know, I, I grew up in Wisconsin, so if I'm watching Wisconsin against Marquette, it's more of a fan. Yeah. You know, but I'll, I'll still analyze a little bit. My wife will kind of ask me some questions and, and whatnot. But um, I love basketball, so it's hard not to watch those games. Well, joining us now, a man who had a great night last night, three big threes to get the second half started. Brock Miller, kind enough to join us. Long time no see. How have you been? Yeah, been We haven't good. talked for a while. I know. Been good, man. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about that. I know you were on the post game show, but let's talk a little bit about that performance last night because coaches said, you know what, when Brock hits one, number two and number three usually aren't too far behind. Is that just kind of when that first one went for you? Did you feel like okay, we got it rolling now? Yeah, no, it definitely felt good to finally uh, knock down a shot. You know, uh, no, it was good for us. You know, we we really went inside. I thought that that created so many opportunities for us guys last night. You know, they had a double, triple team, Nimi and. Fonz and being down in the post and you know when that happens you know our, our bigs have such high IQs and such willing passers and you know we get the ball moving it just creates so many rhythm open shots and you know when you get one open rhythm shot to go and you get two and three open rhythm shots you know it's hard not to knock down because you know it's just it just comes naturally and you know those guys just do we just do such an incredible job I think of moving the ball and you know, we've been really crisp these these past few games and obviously in practice as well, so it's carried over for us. You know, Coach, you probably – there was probably a sense considering that, you know, Nimi was such had such a huge size advantage that they were going to have to double, and, they you know, anybody's going to double Nimi anyway. But but there was probably – you probably anticipated there was going to be some open shots on the outside. Yeah, just scouting them. We knew if they were going to play matchup, they were going to double. If, if they were in man, they were going to double, you know, four to five and five to four. And Nimi's just such a good passer, and he's so patient. And last night we actually did a good job just screening that backside guy as well, and Brock got a couple open threes uh, from that as well. But uh, Nimi's one of the best passing bigs I've ever coached and uh, really, really unselfish. Is there some times where he might be a bit too unselfish? Yes. <laughs> um, Definitely. Shoot, what game was it? He, he was just passing yeah, like, open opportunity. What was it, Brock? Was it Air oh, Force? Man, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot. I, don't, I think it might have been Air Force. But, yeah, he, he passes up a lot of open shots, and it's kind of like, Nimi, just 
you're seven foot. Just dunk the ball. <laughs> just, yeah, throw it on the dunk. Just yeah. throw it on the dunk. But. We, we cut every game, and um, I watch film with the big guys, and I'm just I'm showing Nimi every clip. Like, Nimi, can you score on him right there? Yeah, coach. Well, do it then. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Until they stop you, you do yeah. it. And when they start stopping you, then you throw it to Brock for a wide open three, and Brock will make it. So, um, But he's just so unselfish. You know, it's it's you, know, you you go throughout the course of a season. There's going to be highs and lows throughout any season, but it it does feel like this team's really starting to click on both sides of the ball right now, Brock. Oh, definitely big time. And you know, I think obviously we don't like to make excuses, but we are a lot more healthy than we have been. I think so far this season. And guys have, you know, I think that bye week was really big for us uh, before Boise State. You know, we got the treatment that we needed, and guys came in more healthy, and that has allowed us to kind of elevate even more. Uh, to start knocking down some shots, keep moving, being a little more crisp, especially you know, on the defensive end, we've been able to lock teams down. Um, and, you know, guys are just more fresh. And I think that, you know, it's been definitely carrying over each game. So, You know, I want to I go back in time a little bit. I remember uh, uh, when, when you first uh, got off your mission, you started off the season and you were playing really well. You were going on that massively long road trip. Yeah, and, 13 uh, days. That 13 day just <laughs> yeah, horrific road trip. Uh, but uh, was it was it Portland? Yeah, it was against Portland, and I knew something was wrong. It, I actually the fracture actually started at Mississippi Valley. Okay. Uh, that game, and I just thought it was like a bruise or something because it was just super swollen. Yeah. And I just wanted to keep playing because you know I I haven't played basketball for two years, so I wanted to keep going. And then I couldn't walk after that Portland State game, and so we went to the doctor, took an Uber, and to the hospital and found out that I had a fracture. And it was after a really good game you had too. Yeah, I I played really well that game actually. And then uh, and then uh, you get the news that your season essentially was pretty much done at that point. How difficult was it to try to work through that? Yeah, it was difficult. You know, I had the option of you know I could come back and be around seventy percent toward the end of conference and miss basically the whole season, or to just medical redshirt. Yeah. So for me that was a no brainer. I just wanted to get a hundred percent and you know, kind of get going. And, you know, it was definitely tough, uh, you know, because I haven't played so long. My yeah. timing was already off enough uh, not not playing. So, you know, I was like, man, that's going to be three years without having a full season uh, underneath my belt. But, you know, I just stuck with it. And, you know, we had a coaching change. And so that it actually ended up working out great. Yeah, I was going to ask you if that yeah. may have worked in your favor there too a little bit just to kind of have the, the fresh start. It, it definitely did. It was a big-time fresh start. You know, this new coaching staff came in and had a lot of confidence in me right off the bat without even really knowing what type of player I was, you know, because yeah. I'm kind of an old guy, sort of say, you know. And but we had to tell Brock to shoot open shots at practice. Yeah. Like you're wide open. Yeah, shooting. I mean, that happened one time because I was kind of like, All right, I'm not sure, you know, how this coaching staff's going to be. And yeah. Coach Smith, I mean, I – I passed up an open shot and he got on me and you know I never passed up an open shot since so uh. hey the, the what people don't understand about this guy you guys see him as a shooter the, um, I would say over the last two weeks we've done finishing drills every single practice so we I, we get the pad out and we start guys on the wing or the the elbow and I pad the bigs every day at practice right yeah. Brock gets in there Brock might be pound for pound the strongest guy on our team. Does, I don't know if he looks like it, but I may he not is. Look like it. So he gets in there the first time, and I haven't patted him all year, and I he just knocks me backwards. And I'm used to Nimi, Trevin, Coot, yeah. all those. Roe, Roe's a big dude, and, and Brock just delivers this blow to me, and I'm like, wow. So 
You didn't know that, but he's pound for pound yeah. the strongest guy on our team. <laughs> that's awesome too, and and it seems like you've got you're driving and, and hitting the floater too. Yeah, you know that's that's definitely kind of like a, a shot that a lot of people may not know that I have. You know, yeah. growing up, you know, I, I'm the youngest of five kids, and my three older brothers bullied me growing up, and I could never get a shot off. So that's kind of where I, I developed that this shot. The, that's where you the got the floater, floater over the brothers. Yeah. I couldn't shoot a jump shot. I couldn't get even past half court with my brother that played at Harvard. He was so ruthless with me but uh yeah i developed that shot and it's it's kind of stuck with me that's you know, awesome. throughout high school and now here in college because you know there's probably a lot of guys that want to chase you off the line a little bit and it still gives you an opportunity you know to finish at the rim yeah definitely you know there's so many opportunities now in driving because people will see me as a dead three yeah, yeah you know a lot of my shots are three pointers so teams obviously are gonna jump and fly at me so that creates open lanes to be able to penetrate make a play or if i'm open shoot a pull-up jump shot floater or layup so you talk about the health of this team as being one of the key factors why this team's been playing so well as of late uh how how beneficial is it when you go to practice and everybody's available and and you can have a full practice i mean that's i'd imagine that's one of the key reasons this team's really starting to click right now oh yeah definitely you know because you know practices are so important yeah you know and and being able to get game like reps you know going against uh, a scout, a team that you're going to play next, you know, and and being able to have every single guy able to actually practice and go through that, you know, allows us to be more crisp. You know, I, when we have guys sit out, it, you know, it kind of it kind of puts us a step back a little bit, you know, what I think at least. You know, most guys, you know, you're able to kind of look at it and see what what's going to happen, but gaining that experience beforehand before you go into the game really just elevates our team even more. Coach, from your from your perspective, what how how's that helped you know in your development of these guys being able to have a full complement of guys day in and day out? Yeah, we were we were riding a fine line for a long time. Yeah. We, everybody's like, you need to make your non-conference schedule better. So we schedule Florida, we schedule LSU, we play North Texas, who's playing really well right now. Yeah. And what happens is you just keep getting banged because those teams are physical, they're athletic, and you just keep getting banged up. So now we're to the point: do you practice a hundred percent? Or do we not go live in, in a lot of stuff because we're not healthy? And when you don't do that, you don't get better at practice yeah. um, in, in, our, in our eyes. So once we, we kind of got healthy and we were able to practice and do drills to help us get better and help us with our weaknesses, we've kind of taken off a little bit. But it really seems like that off week um, before the Boise State game was really key for this team. Yeah, we needed that in the worst way. Yeah. Um, like, like Brock said, guys got in, got treatment, and then – Part of it is just getting away from it mentally, too, where you can step back and you know, take care of the things you need to take care of outside of basketball. And then when we come back, we're just ready to go mentally and physically. So you, you mentioned you feel like you're the old guy. Now you're the old married guy. What's, uh, what's, how's married life treating you? I mean, Sam and Abel are the old married guys. Okay. I'm, I'm still the young guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you're, no, you're a young married guy. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been good. Yeah. You know, she's... She enjoys the season and watching and supporting. And yeah. obviously her dad played here, and her uncle played here before transferring to the Y. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of basketball blood in her family too. And, uh, you know, he's he's in Africa serving a mission right now, uh, okay. Jeff, my father-in-law, and still watches the games even though he's like a day ahead of us. So, Do you ever get any tips or any uh, thoughts from him breaking down the game? Yep, I got two dads that give me tips <laughs> and advice, so it's, it's good for me. But, so, uh, so you get it from both sides then? Yep, I do, but it's, it's great. You've got to talk about what you've been doing um, outside of basketball. 
I follow Brock on Instagram, so I get to see all the stories that he posts about him shooting guns and riding horses and all that oh, stuff. Oh, man, I, I grew up the biggest city boy of all time, <laughs> you know, with my family, and I married this cowgirl. Awesome. You know, so where is she from? She's from Prescott, Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's born and raised there, and she was actually rodeo queen in 2016 there. Uh, you know, a lot of – a lot of different things their family did compared to ours. You know, they hunt and do different things as well. And so, you know, it, it's funny because Coach Peterson always comments on my stories on Instagram when I'm <laughs> out shotgun shooting or I'm out riding a horse. And he just laughs because he knows I'm a city boy. Yeah. And now, you know, marrying Bailey, you know, I'm, I'm doing these these things now with horses and, and all that stuff. And so it's it's a good time. He gives me a hard time You, you were throwing it. axes one night somewhere? Oh, yeah. We axe throwing just – over here on Main Street, uh, the new place that was just built. So, watch so, out, watch out for this guy. Now. I, I, yeah, you know. I just think it's kind of funny. So, so <clears throat> you know, you probably don't spend a lot of time around guns, and then you go and you want to impress the father-in-law, <laughs> and he maybe take you out skeet shooting or something like that, hands you a shotgun, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. What I mean, what's that like? Man, <clears throat> it's nerve-wracking. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's nerve-wracking, and he's he's a sharp shooter. I mean, I can shoot a basketball, but man, a gun is a whole different thing. It's it's a different different deal, but you know we've we've actually worked on. It. I've gotten a little bit better. You there can you ask go. my wife. I'm pretty good with clay pigeons, but I went oh. quail hunting uh, before the season started too for my first time. So there you go. Did yeah. you grow up uh, outdoors? Oh yeah, I grew up in, on a farm in Wisconsin. Nice. Um, a lot of deer hunting. Then I moved to North Dakota. I lived in North Dakota for nine years. So a lot of pheasants, quails. Yeah. Uh, we'd shoot some uh, greenheads, a little bit of everything. Um, so I told Brock, we're we're life coaches too. So if he would, didn't want to be embarrassed in front of his wife. He could have come to us, and we, we would have helped him with some of that stuff. Uh, I will say, though, like, if, if this dude can shoot a quail, those things are fast, and yeah. they are hard to hit. Yeah. So we know he's getting better. He's coachable. I love it. That's awesome. All right. All right. So I want to, I want to, let's talk about San Diego State. How excited yeah. are you to get, back, get back on the court against those guys? Oh, so excited, man. They're, they're a great team this year. And, you know, they've, they've had a great history, too, as, as a program, and they're playing at a high level right now. So we're – we're excited to definitely go in there and get after it. A sold-out crowd. You know, it's been sold out for weeks now. So we're really excited, you know. And I thought that, you know, the last time we played them and met them here at home, we played them tough. You know, they're just a good team. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we've improved on. We're a better team than when we were when we played against them. So and uh, we're looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, they, uh, they will be honoring Kawhi Leonard and retiring his jersey. So that place is going to be rocking. Yep, i got to imagine sure. – from and, and and Wyoming's usually got a pretty decent crowd, but last night it was uh, it was pretty barren. Um, would you rather play? And you and I talked a little bit about this last night. But would you rather play in a place where they're just they're just giving you the business, they're on top of you, and it's loud and nasty, or in a gym where, frankly, there wasn't a lot of juice last night? I know. I, I told you last night. Sometimes it's kind of nice to be able to hear each other and hear the coaches <laughs> you know, during the game. Sometimes that's nice. But I think honestly. You know, because we can bring our own energy as a team. It is fun to play against teams with, with heavy crowds. That's really loud and energetic. And nothing's more satisfying than going in and, and getting wins and, and stopping runs and going on runs at places like that and silencing, silencing the crowd and stuff. So, you know, we're excited for the atmosphere that it's going to bring too. You know, Coach, it's interesting because you, know, you guys are kind enough to let me sit in every now and then and shoot around and, and some things like that. And, and if, you, if you don't, especially with the spectrum, you really can't hear it. But it's amazing to me, especially last night I was thinking about it because it was kind of dead. You can really hear the communication defensively. Uh, and that goes on every game. But 
you don't really are able to hear it. But last night you could really hear these guys communicating, and, and that's a really overlooked part of what you guys have to do defensively to really try to talk to each other out there on the court. Yeah, we always say a quiet team is not a very good team. And when, when the spectrum is full, you can't hear – like. I don't know if they can hear us talk to them yeah. because, <laughs> you know, and that's the, the atmosphere we want. Um, but we do so much stuff with scouting when we have opportunities where they can hear us and we can help them with a play call or just an action um, where we yell it out. It's just going to help them get through that much, much quicker, and we're on top of it. And our guys, like I told you guys, um, we're really – we have a lot of high IQ guys that really understand the game of basketball, and we watch a ton of film with them. Um, so if we can communicate with them and then they can communicate on the floor, um, you become an elite defensive team. And over the last five games, for the most part, we've been very good defensively. I'm going to ask Coach this question at the end of the program, but I'll ask you now. Keys <clears throat> of the game, what do you need to do against San Diego State? Take care of the ball. Uh, I think, you know, going into Wyoming, <clears throat> we started off the game with eight, nine turnovers yeah. in the first stretch. So First you know, ten minutes, <clears throat> and I think you went 20 minutes before you got – Turnover number nine. I mean, it was you got eight right yeah. out of the gate, and then there was a big gap before you uh, picked up another one. Yeah, especially against a team like San Diego State, you just got to make sure that you value every possession. That's going to be a big key for us. I think defensively be one and out. You know, don't don't give them second chance opportunities uh, on, on the offensive rebounding. Um, you know, obviously uh, stay in the gaps, keep, keep a packed defense. You know, they're a good driving team, and they're unselfish. They move it well. And so <clears throat> I think our defense is definitely going to carry over. And then on the offensive end, you know, I, I think just being in attack mode, uh, moving the ball, making them guard us uh, is definitely going to be a big key for us and just staying sound and solid in, in everything that we do. Love it. Hey, thanks for coming by, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate you. There you go. Brock Miller, folks, as Utah State gets set for a big one against San Diego State coming up on Saturday. Coming up next, it's time for you to ask questions. If you got questions for Coach Peterson, let us know. Ajay's got the wireless mic, and you have a chance to let your voice be heard. We'll also break down that San Diego State game coming up next on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College as uh, Eric Peterson kind enough to join us. Uh, and, and it's always fun getting a different perspective. I, look, we love Craig Smith. Don't, don't get me <laughs> wrong, but it's always fun kind of getting a new perspective on, on what's going on with the team. And how much does an extra day help? I mean, I know Saturday to Tuesday is probably a, a pain in the you-know-what, but having to, the opportunity to add an extra day and get the Tuesday to Saturday, is that beneficial for you guys? It, it's, it's a huge benefit for us. Now, if you lose a game on Saturday – Sometimes it's better if you do practice Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to kind of move on so you're not thinking about that all day Sunday. Point. And then you practice Monday and you play Tuesday. Uh, but the extra day for us, especially with kind of how we've been unhealthy, is just good to just get our legs back and get, them, get us refocused as well. Time to ask questions. If you've got a question, raise your hand, and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, whatever you'd like to ask Coach, the questions I'm not allowed to ask, you can ask, and uh, we'll make Coach uncomfortable together. So <laughs> Perfect. Go ahead, young man. You're up first. What is your game plan to beat San Diego? That's a great question. I don't want to tell you too much, just in case there's some Aztec fans out there listening. Um, some things that they're really good at, um, obviously they have a really good player in Flynn. Uh, we didn't defend him really well in the spectrum. And then we let two other guys kind of get, get off and shoot some threes on us. Uh, Mitchell was three for four from three, 
and then Schlackel was three for four as well. And we just kind of overhelped on some guys, and they just drive and kick right to those guys, rhythm threes. So we're going to take away those guys at the three-point line. Um, one of the things that we need to do a good job of, when if you look at where they're very weak, um, they foul a lot. And yeah. we're number two in the country in free throws made, and we're number seven in the country in free throw attempts. So we have to be on attack mode um, and get to the free throw line. And getting to the free throw line and getting fouled as a young player, if you do play basketball, it, it helps break up runs. So if they're on a run and we can be in attack mode and get to the free throw line, it's going to stop that run and it's going to stop that flow of the game. So we kind of gained some momentum there. Um, but we just have to do a better job defensively. We were, they were 9 for 20 from 3. Uh, 45%, and they shot 50% from the floor. And uh, I don't care who you're playing. If those are the numbers, you're going to have a hard time winning that game. So we got to just do a much better job defensively, and I think over the last five games we have. You know, a player that really kind of jumped out at me, and uh, and he went 5 of 10 from the field uh, against you and had 10 points, Yanni Wetzel, the kid from Vanderbilt. And I know a kid you guys are really interested in in the offseason as well. Uh, he's been a huge addition for them. Yeah, we, we recruited him very hard. And ultimately, sometimes those Australians and New Zealand guys like the warmer weather yeah. a little bit better <laughs> than the mountains. Uh, but he's, he's been a huge key. And honestly, we looked at him like he was Quinn. Yeah. And that's how he plays for them. He started at the four. And with uh, Mensa being, being out with his illness or injury, he's kind of moved to that five spot. And that's what Quinn could do for us. But um, he's a very good defender. He's a really good screen and roll defender. And he just kind of keeps their team together. Rebounds, scores a little bit in the post, and just does a little bit of everything, which Quinn did for us. And that's why he's so valuable for them. And it was a really interesting battle watching him and Nimi go toe-to-toe. -to -toe, and both of them got opportunities against the other offensively. It'll be interesting to see defensively how that plays out. Yeah, and I would say that the biggest thing right now is Nimi's way healthier oh, yeah, now yeah. than he was when uh, he did play against San Diego State. He, you know, remember, he got the bone bruise in the same knee he hurt against Florida, and he was just kind of – we were bringing him back slower. But he's moving a lot better. Obviously, they're playing at a high level, so that'll be a fun matchup to watch. You know, I told Coach this. There was a moment where – and I want to say it was the Air Force game where he dove for a loose ball, kept a possession alive, led to a bucket, and it was like, okay, there we go. That, that, it feels like Nimi's back. Yeah, and he's becoming more confident too. Um, as long as he takes care of the ball. You saw yeah. the one last night where he threw it off the rim. <laughs> we had to kind of bring him to the bench and say, Nimi, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but and some of the, sometimes those cross-court passes get a little high too. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's what Laramie does to you. No. Yeah. Um, he's getting a lot more confident just in his knee and just – it takes a little bit to get back in the flow. You, part of the deal yeah. was, you know, Fonz was playing a lot of five. Um, Kubo was playing five, the five fours. Trevin was playing some. And now you throw Nimi in there. Nimi's such a different player from all those guys. And it, it takes a little bit for the rest of the team to kind of figure out how to play with them again. And now I think we've kind of figured that out. Uh, you work with some of the bigs too. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on Trevin uh, because I think he's really – it's starting to feel like it's clicking for him too. Yeah, Trevin is, if you've ever talked to Trevin, he's the most positive person you've ever met yeah. in your life. Trevin, how's it going? And it might be bad. And he, Good, wonderful, great. He'll say like four things, and you're like, whoa, okay. Now it's hard for me to be in a bad mood yeah. when I talk to him. Um, but Trevin is a play-hard guy. Like if you watch him play, he plays so hard. He might not always do the right thing, but you know if he sets a ball screen, he's going to roll as hard as he possibly can to the rim and seal somebody. And um, – I think it's slowing down for him a little bit too. I think um, at the beginning of the year, it was really fast, and he was yeah. playing really fast, and now he's starting to slow down and try to make the right play. Um, 
So he, he's just getting better every time he steps on the floor. Trevin, he comes early. He stays late. He shoots free throws um, after practice every single day, and he really wants to be good. It's funny because um, he was on his mission. He came back and visited with us um, with his entire family. There was like eight people there. They got out of a van. And it was just everybody just kept coming out of the van. Like we're clown like, car, huh? Yeah, so we're taking them around. And we're sitting in the office, and we're like, Trevin, like, what are your goals? Outside, you know, obviously we want to win the Mountain West title. We want to make – but what do you want to do with basketball? And he goes, Coach, I want to play in the NBA. And we're all kind of like, you know, we're a new staff, newer staff. We hadn't seen him play in high school. We're yeah. kind of looking around at each other like, mm, you know. And Trevin gets here. He, he's, like, got that, that lunch pail he's bringing to work every single day. And he's getting better, and he's getting better. And then Cuba gets hurt, right? He gets the appendicitis, and Trevin's the next guy. And he just steps right in there, and he works his tail off, and he literally is getting better every single day. And, I, you know, not to throw out this season for Trevin because he's going to keep getting better and he's going to help us, but having him for a summer, which we didn't have last year, is going to take him from here to here next year, which I'm excited about. The thing that really impresses me is, like, I think he understands what he does well, you know, defense and rebounding and shot altering and stuff like that. And he's like, you know what, that's what I'm great at right now, and that's what I'm going to be great at every single night, you know. Yeah, I, I think, too, uh, Colorado State, he was playing against Carvacho. Yeah. And he had some really good defensive possessions against that guy, and he knows that he's one of the best bigs in the league. And if he can do it against him, he can do it against anybody. And Trevin is just so big. I mean, seven feet tall. And when he puts his hands up, he is massive. And that's what we've got to tell Trevin is just, hey, just be solid. Just just wall people up. Put your chest on them. Get your hands up. And they're going to have a hard time scoring over you. And that's the biggest thing with him. He's not there yet offensively. Uh, yeah. He can catch and finish. But if he can be an elite post defender, he can play at a high level anywhere. And I'm sure that's a guy that's not necessarily fun to pat up against either. No. <laughs> Trevin is the guy. And Brock, I was talking about Brock. Brock is strong. Yeah. But Trevin almost wants to just knock you over every single time. And you kind of have to tell Trevin, like, okay, it's not about that. It's about distributing your weight evenly so you're, you're balanced. So I'm, I weigh 200 pounds. You know, Carvacho weighs more. Who, you know, whoever we're playing is going to weigh more, and it's going to be more realistic. But you have to play on two feet and be balanced and be able to take that blow and still be able to finish with contact. And that's what he's starting to figure out with, you know, because he comes into us. He hasn't played basketball in two years. He's a little bit uncoordinated. He's a little bit – his body's not there. Yeah. And now it is, and now he's just got to be balanced. A uh, couple other plays. And, by the way, uh, I'm running – I'm rambling here. So if anybody else has questions, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you here at Old Chicago with Coach Eric Peterson. Uh, you talk about having a summer and then just being able to kind of develop. Uh, Justin Bean came on at the end of last year. Everybody remembers the Nevada game where he had some really big moments. And as you know, you could tell the season went on last year. You guys trusted him more. He trusted himself, and he became a player. Now, obviously, a tremendous picture on this team. And, and it just seems like the sky's the limit for that young man. Yeah, and actually, he when I was on the radio show last year, he was sitting right That's here with right. me. Um, so it was great to talk about him and, and just to see his growth over the last year. Uh, part of it is Justin just works so hard. Everybody knows he's a phenomenal kid or young man, yeah. uh, but he just works so hard. He put a lot of time in this summer. Um, you know, when we got him last year, he couldn't, he couldn't finish a layup. Like we're doing post drills and everything's going off the back of the rim and he's just pushing the ball and he's got no touch on it. And he just really kind of locked in like, this is what I need to be good at to be a good player for the Aggies this year. Finishing around the rim, rebounding. Um, he's got a little 15-foot jump shot, extending a little bit to three now. He's getting more comfortable with that. And 
Um, he he played a lot of minutes at the end of the year for us last year, and now it was like, hey, can you do that over an entire season? Because that's not an easy thing to ask somebody, and I think he's averaging a double-double right yeah. now um, and top five in the country in double-doubles. So he's really taken off, and, and guys really like playing with him. One more player I wanted to kind of pick your brain on. Alfonso started off the season so good, uh, then kind of ran into some struggles, but it seems like over the last three or four games, he's really come on as well. Yeah, Fonz has been playing great over the last couple games. Um, part of it's just confidence. And, you know, yeah. like I talked about, bringing Nimi back brought less minutes for him at the five spot. So it's kind of trying to deal with all that stuff. And for a junior college kid, and I coached junior college for seven years, so I get it. Like I've seen guys go to Division One schools, and we had a kid from North Idaho, where Fonz is from, play for us at South Dakota. All right, first game of the year, lights out. Had 26 points against Drake, won the game for us, and was playing really well early. And then kind of same thing Fonz had. He kind of got into a little bit of slump, um, you know, like the middle third right there, yeah. and wasn't playing very well. And part of it is the stuff we do in the game planning and just understanding scouts is way more complicated than any junior college I've ever been at or seen. So sometimes mentally that just gets in your head and you're almost just fried mentally. And now we kind of got Fonz back where he understands everything. It's easier for him to understand. And now he can just play again. And he's been really good, obviously, last night, too, against Wyoming. You know, you hit on something. And, again, these this coaching staff has been so kind to kind of let me behind the scenes a little bit. And I hope you don't mind me saying this. but And I won't get into specifics. But what really blows me away is the amount of work that goes into each and every individual game. I mean, you have a booklet for each game. I mean, it's it's like a half-inch thick. And it's for each individual game and the amount of work you guys to go to prepare it and then the amount of work that these players have to try to consume it, digest it, and then and then put it into action. I mean, that's that's a heavy workload. Yeah, I wish I would have brought a scout tonight. That would have been cool for you guys to see how much stuff goes into it. But, um, you know, we work closely with Craig as assistants to prepare, you know, if it's Wyoming or Air Force or whoever. And we kind of just put this packet together, and then we pass it off to Craig. Obviously, the coach's packet is way more detailed than the player's packet. Um, the players, we try to just give the, the amount that they need and what they need to, to be successful for that game. If you try to give them too much, um, their feet slow down, and they think too much, and they just don't, they're not as fresh, and they just don't play very well. So, um, but, yeah, it's a lot of information. It's, we watch every single game that that team plays, and as coaches, we know exactly what they're going to do. Um, we just got to try to get our guys to execute that. It was funny, uh, I, and I can't. It was uh, I wasn't on this last charter, but the the flight before uh, we're leaving and we're in the plane, and I'm you know I'm watching some dopey movie on Netflix, <laughs> and I look and uh, and there's like four coaches sitting in a row, and everybody has a laptop open, and everybody's breaking down film. I mean, it, it's it's pretty impressive to watch because that's the amount of work that goes into it. That's what we do, and it, it's not just the other team too. Uh, we watch a lot of film on ourselves. And part of it is just getting better um, as, you know, as coaches and putting players in the right spots to be successful. So you got to watch the other team, but you certainly have to watch us as yeah. well in order to get better. Another question. Go ahead. Oh, we got, we we got, got the little guys over there yeah, asking no questions. Doubt. I like it. You go ahead. You got, you got a question? You know what? That's well, all right. Know, Wilton wants to know, after the Aggies win, what do you guys have to eat? What's your post-game meal? Oh, goodness. Oh, that's a great question. It's different everywhere we go. Honestly, um, Coach Ubel, Brandon Ubel, the big 6'10 yeah. kid, um, redhead, 
that played at Nebraska. He's easy to pick out on our bench. He does all of our post-game meals with our managers. And um, honestly, I think he asks the guys a lot, like, hey, what, what kind of food do you guys like? What do you want? Have you had something in San Diego that you really, really like? And it's different. If you eat the same food every after every game, it just kind of, I don't know, you're not excited about it. So either way, uh, everybody thinks it's glamorous. Usually it's cold. Um, it's cold food. <laughs> But so I was we were talking last night on the plane. What'd you get? What'd you get? And it's like, honestly, I just tried to find the best possible thing to eat that's cold. Yeah, because <laughs> it's going to be cold. Um, but we still like it. And enjoy it, especially that's, after a win. It tastes better great, after that, a win. Oh, no doubt. That's a great question. <laughs> All right. Take a final break. Uh, final thoughts on San Diego State as Aggies get ready for a big one against the Aztecs. We'll wrap this show up next on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, welcome on back. Final segment of the show, the Craig Smith Coaches Show, featuring tonight Eric Peterson, uh, who's been kind enough to join us. A couple things I wanted to touch on real quick in kind of a broad sense uh, before we really get down into San Diego State. Uh, and I know that you have to be very careful about what you say here, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, you're the guy that's on the hook for a lot of the scheduling. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it, I do all of our scheduling. It, Craig and I work closely together to try to get as many good games as possible. Uh, we've always heard here at Utah State that it's, one of the toughest jobs of any any job on at Utah State is trying to schedule men's basketball games. Is it still that case? Is it? You get every excuse you've ever heard when yeah. you when you try to convince somebody to come here. Um, much easier to probably play those teams in a neutral location or, or on the road. Yeah. Um, the biggest part is we're trying to get quality opponents to come here. That's why we started the home and home with St. Mary's. Um, tough game for us on the road this year, but we know they're coming back next year. Next year we have BYU at home. So we got a couple good home games. Uh, we started the, the Challenge Series. So we're at Davidson next year. But That's the following right. year, I don't know who we'll have, but we'll yeah. have somebody at home the next year. So. With the A-10, right? Yeah, the A-10. Yeah. Um, but you've heard, we've heard every excuse. And, you know, the biggest thing is we need to find good teams to come here because it's all about um, your whole body of work when the committee's yeah. looking at your schedule. And the biggest thing is we just document everything and we document every response from everybody. Uh, we, re we reach out to everybody in the country to come here. And so when you document it, you can turn that over to the committee like, hey, we're trying to play good teams, but wh what do you want us to do? Yeah. We have to play some home games. <laughs> well, I, and I got to imagine, too, the body of work you put together with LSU and South Florida, which, by the way, I, I'm, that South Florida game still is probably one of my favorites of the season. <laughs> that felt like a football game out there. And then, uh, and then Florida and the St. Mary's on the road. I mean, you've you put together, I think, a really a great non-conference resume that uh, hopefully at the end of the year the committee's looking at and saying that's a, that's a really special team there. Yeah, and that's, that's the hard part. You, you almost have to um, look, look at their whole roster, who they have coming back, and yeah. you have to make an educated decision like this would be a quad one game. A quad one game, you know, like a neutral location is top 50 in the country. Okay, so you got, there's a lot of different components that go into that stuff. Like we scheduled South Florida. South Florida was picked as a top 30 team preseason in the country. Their starting big man goes down with a knee injury, and now they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So you just try to guess as best as you can with a lot of teams. Um, but you know, playing Florida, playing LSU, who's t at the top of their conference right now, um, are really good games for us. North Texas is playing at a high level. Um, so you just kind of. You, it's it's a lot of work to research that stuff. We watch a lot of film on the teams as well. Um, but you just kind of, at the end of the day, you're guessing a little bit too with some of those teams. All right, finally, San Diego State. We've touched on it. Uh, Malachi Flynn is, you know, a guy that's going to be in the running for Mountain West Conference Play of the Year. Uh, Sh uh, uh, Schutzel, um, and then uh, 
I, I, Matt Mitchell, who dropped uh, a bunch of LBs, he's playing really well. I mean, it, there's a reason why this team is ranked as high as they are, and, and that they're winning a bunch of games. This is a really special team. Yeah, the impressive part is they're doing it without their big man from last year, Mensa. Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's played 13 games, I think. Uh, but moving Wetzel to the five has really helped them, too. Um, he's a good player, but obviously they're playing at a high level. Um, they're playing New Mexico tonight, which will be a really good game. Um, that game's in the pit too, right? Yeah, it's yeah. in the pit, which is a tough place to play. You know, and there's been teams that have been close, like UNLV. I think it was a four-point game at UNLV um, in the past week, and San Jose went San in Jose there. San Jose almost got it. Um, you know, they hit a la almost a last-second shot to, to beat San Jose. So um, we, we, can, we can get them. And the way we've been defending is kind of what we have to hang our hat on. I didn't think we were very good defensively the first time we played them. We made some some poor um, decisions just hel over-helping and them getting wide-open threes on us, and that's not like us. So we got to do the job on defense. Um, like I talked about, Nimi's healthier. Nimi had 15 and 14 against them the first time, and he, he wasn't very healthy. Um, and then Sam, I think Sam was 3 for 12 from 3, and Sam was fighting through some stuff, and I just didn't feel like you could get lift on his jump shot. A lot of his jump, jump shots or yeah. three-point shots against them were short. Um, the first time we played them. So we're a different team. Um, they're playing with a lot of confidence, and um, obviously they're ret retiring Kawhi Leonard's um, jersey that night. So it's sold out. I looked on StubHub today. You can get tickets for 150 bucks is the cheapest. The most expensive ticket was $1,500 for that game. So Wow. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is that? So it's, it's going to be an electric atmosphere, and you asked Brock that question about um, do you want to play on the road against with nobody in the stands? I'd rather play on the road with people in the stands yeah. because when you win, it's that much sweeter. Oh, it'd be nothing better than to send those guys home with an L. There's no doubt about it. Definitely. Coach, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Scotty. All right, Coach Peterson, as we get, get you ready for Utah State, San Diego State, Saturday night right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. This has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Ford. Go further. H&R Block. Block has your back. New York Life. Be good at life. And by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom. Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.